take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day. In the 1980s, how did I respond when adults asked me if I had polio? Answer. No, I don't have polio. But my poles, also known as crutches, are how I roll. Thought of the day comes from the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization defines participation as involvement in life situations. Welcome to episode 21. Thank you for joining me today. Today I want to talk about how practitioners such as physical and occupational therapists can empower children with disabilities and their families by promoting participation. As I mentioned in previous episodes, I took classes at Virginia Commonwealth University around leadership and empowerment for neurological disabilities. One of my research projects studied how practitioners can empower children with disabilities and their families by promoting participation. I started by thinking about some of the questions and issues I had growing up with cerebral palsy. Many of the issues still exist today. For example, many children with disabilities struggle to understand how their bodies work and they struggle with how to control their bodies. This is often because of the conscious level of effort it takes to move muscles. Many parents and family members have a lack of information on neurological disabilities, which often results in a frustrating and often extreme learning curve. Sometimes parents don't feel heard. Sometimes children with disabilities don't feel heard. The community often struggles to include children with neurological disabilities and their families in activities. Therapy and different levels of service are often given to children with neurological disabilities. But the services are often limited to the physical components of the child. This includes motor skills and treatment of occupational speech therapy, also referred to as speech pathology, and physical therapy. But many times, more complex levels of assistance are needed. Psychological needs and emotional needs can often remain unaddressed. This can be attributed to the physical needs often being more visible and quantifiable. 
practitioners must help encourage families to have their voices heard, honored, and understood and incorporated. Furthermore, practitioners that work with children with disabilities and their families must be prepared to tailor their communication to diverse perspectives and family members. I started out by doing research on service learning and service leadership. The goal of service leadership is for the leader to serve the needs of the group and encourage the growth of the people being served. Robert K. Greenleaf popularized the phrase servant leadership in a 1970s essay. The intention of a servant leader back then was in opposition to leading or knowing more than other people in the group do. The servant leader serves first. For example, in Christian circles, Jesus Christ is often credited with modeling servant leadership because of the sacrifice and humble nature of his empowerment. Servant leadership leads for the common good by leveraging and facilitating information and relationships. I also did research into how practitioners support parents' confidence in early intervention. I also researched around physical and occupational therapy and participation-based therapy. Knowing that practitioners have the information and experience to help children with disabilities, they also can facilitate better relationships with family members. I wanted to find some empowerment strategies and frameworks for promoting and and facilitating participation. One practitioner framework involves supporting parent confidence by facilitating independence and promoting equality in the helper-recipient relationship. In other words, help the parent or child in the ways they want to be helped. By helping that give and take, the individuals build confidence and competence in what they are doing through participation and effectively work toward autonomy. Practitioners can also support and enable family advocacy. Parents also expressed that participation is both the amount and the level of engagement in activities. Four ways practitioners empower children with disabilities and their families by promoting participation include number one, attending to, building, and sustaining a relationship that is founded on respect between the practitioners and the family. 
Number two, supporting the family and child in identifying a personally meaningful goal for community participation. Number three, guiding an assessment process that consists of participation analysis specific to a child's goal. Number four, working with the family to implement intervention strategies in real-world settings where the goal occurs. In further research, I found a participation therapy article that strives to promote excellence in participation through facilitating 10 C's. The first C is client-centered care. The second C is consideration of complexity. The third C is collaboration. The fourth C is coaching. The fifth C is capacity building. The sixth C is conceptualization. The seventh C is creativity. The eighth C is community. The ninth C is curricular changes. And the tenth C is curiosity. The participation article also indicates that participation and capacity building are parts of an environmental solution. In this week's Rope or Rite of Passage experiences, I will talk about my experiences with the coronavirus. With the crisis that we have recently seen, participation in society has become an issue. When participation is not a choice, people naturally get frustrated. Participation is important in society now more than ever, and more people have empathy because of the social distancing limits for everyone. Many people in the last six months have had to make social or emotional changes to their lifestyles. For me, living with a disability, societal restrictions are nothing new. I've always had to adapt to the rules of an able-bodied world, especially in the 1980s. Remote work has also become more prevalent, even though I have been doing it for years. But now, out of necessity, the rules of the world have been shaken up. Everyone has had the virus or has the potential to get it. There are still so many unknowns. In so many ways, there has been a global reset. In other ways, it has leveled the playing field for many people. There are still many things in the new pandemic world that still remain uncertain. My life and my learning curves have been less than other people during the coronavirus because I have dealt with uncertainty every day of my life. Muscle control and physical therapy and spasms that just show up are issues 
that need to be continually managed on a daily basis. But for me and some other friends with disabilities, the coronavirus has made our lives easier because of the access to telehealth, delivery services, Zoom calls, etc. Other services were also easier because they could be done with emails or phone calls rather than office visits. The office visits required for those of us with disabilities to coordinate travel or physically authenticate our disabilities to receive services. Showing up to state and local offices in person to validate signatures, paperwork, and satisfy other bureaucratic concerns took additional time and effort. How has social distancing and the coronavirus impacted your life? Has the coronavirus given you a new perspective on choice or participation? How can you use servant leadership or the helper-recipient relationship or the 10 C's to promote participation in your life? What are one or two things you have learned from this episode? Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember... It takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast.